Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Russell Wilson, he wants out of Seattle. He hates his offensive line. <laughs> Whoa. That's interesting. Russell Wilson's camp allegedly leaked this morning that he is not happy with the way Seattle has protected him over his nine-year career. He has the most sacks out of any quarterback in nine years or something like that, which was a stat that I did not you know, know was true. I guess we do see Russ running for his life on a regular basis, but they're also passing the ball a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome into the show. Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff is producing. And we're going to do a couple things on today's show. Um, Eventually, we're going to give some more in-depth thoughts on Clint Kubiak as the Vikings offensive coordinator and what it means and what the Vikings can do to improve upon a good, not great, but good offensive season. But I think we have to self-indulge a little bit here. I, I, I want to I want to just bring something up before we get into what Pat McAfee just said and a really juicy Adam Schefter report in that we're going to exercise some self-awareness here. We know that a large group of you guys who watch the show, who comment on our YouTube page and who hit us up on social media are just sort of ready for us to mentally accept the fact that Kirk Cousins is going to be the Vikings starting quarterback for the next couple of years. All right. And we're going to get there at some point. We're going to get there. But right now, all signs point to conversations are happening behind the scenes. There's juicy reports all over the place. And we're going to bring some of this stuff to the table. All right. Is that a fair disclaimer before yeah. we dive into these two well, things? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And and keep in mind, we have never seen the activity in the quarterback market that we are about to see. And couple that with the fact that these are the Vikings and you never know what they're going to do. Yeah. That, just, that's what's fair. And we just need to get some of this out of our system too, quite frankly. Like we need to if the Vikings right. aren't going to exhaust all options, then then we're certainly going to do the work for them on this show. And they might be exhausting more options than mm-hmm. we think. That's my point. They might. And at and at and at some point it will just become a straight up reality that all right, this is the circumstance going forward and you have to make it work as best as you can. And uh and we'll get there. But what Pat McAfee was referring to, and I'll put these both in one bin here and then and then get your thoughts, is Jason Lockenfora from CBS Sports tweeted, I'm hearing Russell Wilson's camp has grown increasingly frustrated by the Seahawks' inability to protect the eight-time Pro Bowler. He's been sacked 394 times in nine seasons. This situation warrants serious monitoring. 
Okay, real quick, in fairness to the Seahawks here, their offensive line is garbage for the most part, but Pro Football Focus does track a stat called essentially self-owns as a quarterback. Like how many times did you self-inflict a pressure by either scrambling into it or was there a designed rollout that you waited too long to throw the ball or something? Yeah, and you Ru- create your own pressure. Yep, and Russell Wilson last year had 14 self-generated sacks and 37 self-generated pressures, third in the league in both categories behind Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. So the, the lesson here is if you're a mobile quarterback and you scramble and keep plays alive, sometimes you're those, like, oh my God, he got sacked 40 times. Well, yeah, like a third of them were him keeping a play alive and getting hit or something, yeah. um, and it was self-inflicted. Didn't throw the ball away or something yeah. like that. That makes sense. And then there's the Shefty report from over the weekend. A little Shefty box. Reckless speculation. That the Panthers offered the number eight pick, another pick, like a third-round pick or something. Yep. And Teddy Bridgewater, who has one year of guaranteed money left at like $20 million, mm-hmm. for Matthew Stafford. So they were willing to go up for, for Matthew Stafford, who is a Kirk Cousins-like quarterback, right? Some might say that Kirk's even better than Matt Stafford. That they were willing to offer their number 8 overall pick and stopgap Teddy to bring in Matthew Stafford. Okay, when you hear these two reports from insider titans like Jason Lockenfora and Adam Schefter, yep. does your brain go toward, oh, just stop connecting these to the Vikings? Or does it go to, hmm, if I'm Rick Spielman... I might look to get a left guard first, but like I might make the call on one of these two things. So dissecting both of those reports, um, actually the Stafford one, the Stafford report about Carolina, I don't know if it was Shefty or whom, but right after the trade was made, that report came out that Carolina had said, take the eighth pick, we want Stafford, uh, you take Teddy back, and Detroit said, no, we'll take the two first-round picks from the Rams. Uh, that one, to me, in the pantheon of what's going to unfold here during the course of the coming weeks in 2021, is very intriguing, very real. And I think Carolina saw enough from Teddy to probably say, if we can move on, we should. So that one, to me, is completely legit, interesting, and um, creates another possibility. The first one from Lock and Fora on Wilson is juicy. It's fun. It's interesting. But, you know, the, the phrase, that is worth, what, keeping an eye on, monitoring to me, means really nothing. So as far as juicy goes, serious, serious monitor, but, serious but no, but they're not, but they're not going to trade him. His contract is huge. It's fun. And Wilson's not wrong. But I don't see that that leads to a change that's going to take place anytime soon. But working backwards, let's go with that Panthers one. And let's add that to the fact of, I think, in the quarterback carousel that's unfolding here. That one's very real and that there is definitely a possibility that Carolina will make a major move to address their starting quarterback situation before yeah. we get to opening week 2021. So so the question would be, and, and I'll preface the question by saying, Kirk Cousins has been really, really good since the bye week, or was really good since the bye week. I think, and I will diagram some of these things later in the episode, I think there are some things that Clint Kubiak can do to make him even better and to make the Vikings offense more efficient without overhauling the system because he's going he's gonna to run his dad's system. 
I, so I, th- I think there's ways to even improve upon what Kirk Cousins did last year. Mm-hmm. And so with that as the preface, if an offer like this Panthers offer for Stafford was on the table for Kirk, let's say that, all right, they turn around and they're like, listen, we just we just want a professional quarterback here. We're you know we're not super high on Teddy, um, so it's not even really as much about Teddy. It's about the number eight pick, right? You could get a top ten freaking pick, yes. out of this, absolutely. Whether you want to use that on a quarterback, you've got the eight and the fourteen, right? You're it, in, and you could, you could draft a guard, you could draft a t- an offensive or a defensive tackle, like. There's a million things you can do, but then obviously Teddy would be your quarterback instead of Kirk. Or you could use it to draft your quarterback of the future. You could use the ammo to trade up for for the BYU kid, Zach Wilson, right? If that deal is on the table or something close to it, the eight, let's say a mid-round pick and Teddy Bridgewater for Kirk Cousins, to what degree do you consider it? If I can get the eight pick in a trade and, and I can make it work financially with the ramifications of the Kirk Cousins cap hit, I am making that trade yesterday. I mean, there's no, you don't, the eighth pick? You're offering me the eighth pick? That's a, Kirk Cousins is, look, he's a nice player, and he is productive, and he can do good things. But in the currency that is this league right now, if you're offering me a top 10 pick for a quarterback who who I think a lot of people like, but very few love, Oh my God! Yes, pulling the trigger. I I can't do it quick. I, I will I will pick up Kirk and transport his body down. I will walk him to Carolina and drop him off at their stadium. That that is an offer that you can't turn down if it works financially. You just can't. To your point, Phil, if you picks eight and fourteen, um, my God, I have a I I now my opportunities to. Uh, trade up, take two really good players are enormous. The only way that I don't make that trade is if I have a quarterback who I think is a top five guy. If if I have a top five guy, I probably say no. But if I have like a seven, the seventh who I consider to be, you know, he's the seventh best QB, which is still really damn good. I don't think he's seventh. I think he's no, like, I don't either. I but like I'm 10th saying, or 12th. I yeah. but but I'm saying across the board, I consider this. If I if you come to me and you are the Panthers and you say I will trade you the eighth pick, and I have a QB starting at seven to let's say Kirk is like twelve or something like that. Yeah, I am making that trade. I and I don't see how you can possibly turn that trade down. I don't even think this is reckless. I think this is run to make the deal territory. Dex, I see you nodding your head, so you're you're in on this. Yeah, I'm in on this. And look, I mean, look, you, you know how much I love Teddy Bridgewater, but at the same time, the main components of this trade is you get a first round pick, a freaking high first uh, round uh, pick. Yeah, that's the thing. Overall it's not pick. Yep. That's the main takeaway yep. here. And I, I really believe if you just plugged in Teddy Bridgewater right now with, you know, whatever, give a, get, get a league average guard to, this team probably still wins seven to eight games. I don't really see us, the Vikings, running it back with Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter and, you know, again, the same average guard and what, at best, you're maybe a 10-win team. Like, the, the, the gap there isn't that significant, and I think Teddy won't shipwreck you, and you can get out of that contract. So now you have two first-round picks. You're still going to be competitive the next season, it's a no-brainer for me. And yes, Teddy Bridgewater isn't as good as Kirk Cousins. That's not what I'm trying to accomplish here. Teddy Bridgewater can run this offense still. He can still be a competent quarterback, and you can get two first-round picks. I, I would, I would Judd, you do this pick or do this trade yesterday. There's a bunch of things to consider here, and, and the first one is that, man, we have some of the stuff that's being reported, and this is ironclad, man. Like, Adam Schefter's not throwing this out there. This isn't wrong. Yeah, this I, happened. Th- this, the, the Panthers offered this for Matt Stafford. Correct. And, and, the, and they got outbid. 
They got outbid. They offered a freaking top 10 pick or did they? and another pick. Or did they? And the uh, D- Detroit goofed up. Well, I like well, if you go. Well, no, but the Rams offered two first round picks. Two first round picks, but they're down the road, and I'm I'm just saying that this had to be incredibly tempting. And but I think the fir- the first thing to consider here is we and and a lot of fans who watch Kirk, you know, we can sit here and say, hey, I mean, Kirk and Stafford are just it, they're literally in the same bucket. They're in the same bucket, and so any deal that you would see on the table for Stafford would surely also be on the deal for Kirk, right? Sure. I don't know that. Other teams feel that way. I think other teams look at Stafford, even though he's never won a playoff game, it's been 12 years, and they see a guy that's just been trapped in this crappy organization and and a guy that's a geezer gamer and he's tough and he yeah. just needs a better infrastructure. Yeah. So, I, so I think the league views Stafford's value as being higher than Kirk's. I think a lot of people in Minnesota here and Vikings fans who have seen Kirk at his best um, and at his worst, but like Stafford can sabotage a game too. I think... I think we look at it and say, well, yeah, they're pretty much the same guy, so the offer should be the same. Other things to consider, Kirk is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. That's not the discussion. Yep, It's just not the discussion. Um, now, Zimmer loves Teddy Bridgewater as, as sort of a sweetener here. Wait, so you're saying I get a top 10 pick that I can use on a defensive tackle or edge rusher, mm-hmm. and I get Teddy Bridgewater back? Like From Mike Zimmer's perspective, he might be salivating over this. But the biggest thing is the salary cap ramifications. So Kirk's cap numbers for the next two years are thirty-one million dollars in two thousand twenty-one, which is gonna—it's probably gonna slot in as like the sixth highest cap number among quarterbacks once Ben Roethlisberger gets restructured and Matt Ryan is probably gonna get restructured. And so we're looking at the sixth highest cap number for next year, percentage of cap, mm-hmm. and then forty-five million dollars for a cap hit in two thousand twenty-two, which is the highest cap number, Kirk Cousins' cap number in 2022, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is guaranteed once you hit, like, March 16th. The third day of the of this year's league year, which I think is, like, the 19th. So you are, and that is a, that's a higher cap number yeah. than Patrick Mahomes. It's going to need to be redone. So you either need, yeah, yeah. you need to just, like, Get out of it yep. and just and trade him. Yep. Which you, there's still some dead cap money you'd have to eat, and that's why in 2021, even though Teddy, his his salary is like 10 million dollars less, but the dead cap that you'd have to eat on a Cousins trade kind of it renders it a wash. Um, so you either have to just trade it, or you have to restructure it and guarantee him more money beyond 2022 when he's going to be like 35 years old. So this this is why it's a thing because the Vikings are trying to go over all of these potential scenarios in their head. Um, Teddy's guarantees are done after 2021, and so you'd then have a clean slate to do whatever you wanted at quarterback after 2021. You could draft a rookie. You could make a move for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Tom Brady is done with the Bucks and he wants to play at age 45. Maybe Andrew Luck wants to come back, but at least you would have a blank slate. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. After 2021, you'd have a blank yep. slate. I would do this not because Kirk is garbage, not that. I would do this because it would be the the smart, prudent thing to do to get that top ten pick, to get assets, and to get some cap flexibility. Two things off this. So one one is I, I think until the last few weeks, beginning with the Stafford trade, there has probably been a very correct assessment that the cap implications are too much. Like you can't do that, right? Uh, the Stafford trade sort of changed that, and. I'm going to tell you right now, the trade that's going to change that mightily is the hit that the Eagles are going to take on Wentz. Wentz has a cap hit 
that previously nobody would have taken. And like 35 and dead cap It's ridiculous, yeah. but they're going to take it. You know why? Because they want out. Because they have decided at some point in time, this contract is not going to work for us. So we have to cut our losses. And it can be today or it can be in two years. But at some point in time, it's got, got to change. And so they're about to fall on a sword that previously was not f- fallen upon and I think is going to change how teams think. The other thing about this this um, discussion about what Carolina is offering to me goes well outside Kirk. And I almost don't want to talk about Kirk here because I think it's it's the hot button. Okay, you guys don't like Kirk. You love Kirk. Blah blah blah. No, we want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Exactly right. So let's go out. So let's go outside of Kirk himself to something that Dex broached, and I think it's absolutely correct. And it's this: realizing what we do about the Vikings' quarterback position and the importance of that spot. And also the fundamental philosophy of the head coach on how things are going to operate, okay? You are never going to really fully take the kid gloves off of your QB with Mike as your coach. He wants to run. He loves Dalvin. Like, we have to... Teddy literally we, wore kid gloves. Yeah, he did. But I mean, <laughs> Figuratively that, and literally. But as long as Zim is in the Vikings' employ... This is a conversation. This is a thing we have to accept. You might not like it, but you have to accept it. And Zim wakes up every day and gets out of bed and thinks, how can my defense win games? That's what he thinks, right or wrong. So to Dex's point, I think if you take the eight pick and actually downgrade your quarterback, the question becomes, are you really? Because if you're not going to maximize who Kirk thinks Kirk is, and who Kirk might be, then the point is, why not create almost um, a parachute for that position and employ a quarterback? Free Kirk Cousins, baby. Yeah, free Kirk and, and and give Mike an opportunity to thrive by by minimizing a position that most people are, are maximizing yeah. right now. And I'm not saying my point is absolutely correct for me. But, my God, we have seen enough of how Mike approaches football to know that if you put Teddy at QB, it wouldn't be a disaster because Mike doesn't ever give those guys a real opportunity to do that. So you're what you're saying is if you're going to minimize the position anyways and you're going to have the fifth fewest pass attempts and you're and I got a couple nuggets on this for when we get into the Clint Kubiak discussion. Yes. And you're going to be hyper conservative in situations where the best teams are throwing the ball but you're running the ball. Yes. If you're going to put the kid gloves on and the training wheels anyways, then you might as well go all the way like then then, then don't pay 30 plus million dollars for that position, right? Yes. So you've got this amazing sports car and you're just like, "Hey, let's keep it in the garage." Well, then what well, then why why did you pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars for a car? Like sell it? Yeah, just go get a go get a more efficient you know go get a better gas mileage car or something. You know, spend those extra resources on a defensive piece that can get you back to your two thousand seventeen best defense in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't. And again, I, I'm with you. I don't know that that is the right path to go down if you want to win a Super Bowl. I would prefer if you're going to roll with Kirk. I would almost prefer that you say, all right, listen, so you're going to be one of the, you're officially now going to be one of the highest paid to the cap guys in the NFL the next two years. You're going to cost us $76 million to the cap, barring a restructure. And, they, and they'll and they probably restructure. But 
we're going to take the training wheels off and we're going to put this on you. Kind of like we were going to do in 2018, but we're going to do it within the Kubiak system. Yes. It's still going to be run-centric and play-action, but we're going to lean more on play-action, which is what you are very good at. I would lean more toward that, but to do that, you have to have a more trustworthy pass-blocking offensive line. Therefore, you're probably going to have to use a first-round pick. You might have to use a first-round pick on a guard. Like That's the conundrum. I I agree with you. I think if you're going to put training wheels on, then go all the way. Don't pay $76 million to the cap for something you're going to put training wheels on the next two years. Gun to the head. Zimmer and Spielman are in a room. Spielman asks Zimmer, all right, what quarterback do you want for this season? Do you want Kirk Cousins or should we trade for Teddy Bridgewater? What does Zimmer say? What do you think? What does your gut Mike Zimmer tell you? What, two, does, he, what does he say? Two things quick. One, I love that there's a scenario in which there's a gun. this is such an important subject. Are there bullets there's inside a, gun? There's a gun. gun to our head. I love it. Gun to the head. Um, Blanks. Two, Teddy, right? He says Teddy, doesn't he? Um, Mike th- says Teddy. Well, I think Rick also probably t- tells him if we do it, this way, we can free up potentially right. more for defense. So they get yes. the eighth pick. The eighth yes. so pick. Let's say that gun is now back in Zimmer's hand. And he says to Spielman, <laughs> which quarterback should we get for 2021? Kirk or Teddy? Who do we roll with? What does Spielman say? If you tell Rick it's going to bring you the eighth overall pick in the draft, I think he easily could say Teddy. Yeah. Okay. Like, like if it was just a choice, he says Kirk. So if you're right, if both of the guys who are now, now we have multiple guns in this room, by the way. It's turned into a Wild Wild West shootout here. They've now walked 10 It's high chases. noon yeah. at TCO Performance Center. <laughs> and they, they both agree that they would do this trade. Then either A, this, the same trade is not on the table because the Panthers don't value Kirk in the same way that they value Matt Stafford. Or B, they just haven't made the call yet. Right? Yeah. Yeah, boy, it's so tempting. But I think teams value Stafford more than they value Kirk. It's the fourth quarter comebacks and all the different things. Yeah, I agree. And I do think that the Vikings, to a certain point, value Kirk more than we think that they do, probably because it justifies – if they do trade him, it is an acknowledgement that they signed him and then re-signed him and it didn't technically work. Yeah, that's fair. That's Ego. Fair. Ego's involved here for sure. Um, we're going to get to things that Gary Kubiak's son, Clint Kubiak, should implement going forward. I actually have a nerd stat of the week for you guys here mm-hmm. in just a second, but a quick shout out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner out there, Federated has been helping business owners since the early 1900s, and they recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. As a business owner, how helpful would it be for you to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success? That's where Federated and MyShield come in. You can find out more information at federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. I know the season's over, Declan, but I'm guessing that uh, as you prepare to watch film breakdowns of left guards, you're probably going to have a nice cold Corona hard you seltzer. Know, I think I'm gonna head over this evening to overthecap.com. I'm gonna crack a Corona hard seltzer. I'm gonna figure out how Teddy Bridgewater and Kirk Cousins gets a trade here <laughs> uh, for multiple reasons. Number one, I I'm love need, overthecap.com. I'm gonna so need great. some inspiration for the math, and two, because once I figure out Mike can't work, I'm gonna need something to soak up my tears that Teddy Bridgewater will not be coming back uh, to the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings because Corona hard seltzer is the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike, sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor. 
that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Get those nerds! 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 All right, boys, I want Clint Kubiak... Not to overhaul a system that's an unrealistic expectation. He's 33 years old. He's clearly being brought in. Um, not that he's not qualified. I'm not trying to question his credentials. He's been uh, a highly touted quarterbacks coach. I think a lot of people would say um, that, yeah, he's fast-tracked because his last name is Kubiak and Gary is his dad, but that like he's got some chops as a coach. So I don't, I don't want to discredit him from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to overhaul a system. But I think he needs to lean into certain things within the system that can make this offense even better. They were fourth in yards. They were 11th in points. They were one of the lowest scoring first half offenses until a garbage time game against uh, was it Detroit. And there was another high scoring first half at the end of the year. Yep. They just like they don't maximize what they have in terms of some of the weapons and personnel. And some of it's offensive line related for sure. But they I run want, too much as well. Well, I want to give you two nuggets off that point. Yeah. All right. These are things that can easily be changed without an overhaul of the system. Okay. This is according to sharpfootball.com on second and short. So short being three yards or less, second and short. Mm -hmm. The Vikings threw the ball. How many times did you guys, would you guys guess the Vikings threw the ball the whole season? Okay. Threw the ball on second and short. It's got to be ridiculously low. They run like 70 plays a game. So, like, you know, there's quite a few opportunities. 16 times. Okay. The Vikings threw the ball on second and short. Okay, yeah. 16 times all season. Yes, that's nuts. So again, like... If Wide you, open down. If you throw a pass and it's incomplete, you can still run the ball on third. Yeah. No, it's, sec- it's third and two, right? If you if you whiff on the pass. And you pass. can explore that. And and so they're the, only thinking... The down of exploration. Right. So they're thinking in that situation, it's second and two. We only need two yards yeah, to we'll get, get a first, first down, down, right? right? Um, on second and long, so 10 yards or more, second and long... The Vikings ran the ball close to half the time, which was the second most runs on second and long in the NFL. And uh, and so you can imagine, like, why are the Vikings in third and long so often? Well, because they run the ball on second and long, mm-hmm. and it sets them up for third and long. Mm-hmm. Those two things can be fixed by just calling more plays within the system that you're already running. Um, and up on the screen here for our YouTube crowd, this is a ton of data in your face. This is the second and long numbers. And you can see at the top of the list here, the teams that throw the ball the most on second and long, Tampa Bay is second, Kansas City is third, Jacksonville's one because they just throw the ball all the time anyways. Um, and um, let's see here, the Packers are sort of, uh, the Packers are actually kind of down like in the near the bottom five. But my point is, you can be better and more efficient throwing the ball in those two situations, and it makes Kirk potentially better, unless you're doing it because you don't trust him. Right. If you're doing it because you don't trust him, that's a... That's a whole other problem. Why are you paying him thirty plus million dollars? So, so I'd be, I'd love to go back and explore the film now, also to see on second and short how often defenses simply went into into a run shell because like there had to be by by the last eight games, right? When everyone's like, "Oh, you're going to run the ball. It's going to be Cook." Like you're sucking your safeties up. They're all in, in the box. I mean, there had to be multiple times. And you've got Thielen and Jefferson. There had to be multiple instances where you absolutely could have gotten explosive plays, right? Mm -hmm. Because if a defense sees this again and again, they're not going to adjust and say, 
Be careful for the past, Joe. They're going to say, bleep it. We'll just stop yeah. this, right? Yeah. Like, I would love to, to see the, the amount of times defensively that there were ample opportunities for explosive plays because the Vikings were so established as second and short, they're going to run. Even if it's like one play a game that could be explosive yeah. that isn't. It might be an extra three points. It might, you know, it might extend a drive. With Jefferson, it might just position. flat out be touchdowns. Yeah. So that that stood out to me. That's really interesting. What else for you now that, uh, let, let, let's go down the path of Clint Kubiak is the offensive coordinator, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, assuming that you upgrade your left guard, like what, what do you expect out of Clint Kubiak? Well, so if I'm Clint, I go to Mike today and, and I say, Mike, I appreciate the job. Thank you very much. Um, you know, d- Dad says hi. He's he's drunk at home now, and it's, it's fantastic. He's just day drinking. Yeah, he's now, day drinking. That's fine. Oh, that's right. He's on the ranch in Texas. But anyway, here's so here's my platform because I know deep down that Mike d- doesn't trust Kirk. Okay, so like if I come to him and say let's all trust Kirk, Mike Mike's crusty. He's an old guy. He's gonna be like, no, bleep you, get out of here, kid. So what I do is I come to him with 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 charts and graphics that feature one player and the opportunity. And that is, very simply, Justin Jefferson. Because he's the guy I want you to trust. I know you don't like, you know, I shouldn't say that that you don't like Kirk. I know you don't buy into Kirk completely. But we have a player who is basically built for 2021. I I mean, Jefferson to me is like a Madden player. Like, he's new and he gets in the game and you're like, oh my God, I got to throw to him, right? So... I build my platform of trust and confidence in Jefferson. And now it's going to put some on Kirk's plate for sure. But we're not talking about trying to force balls to B.C. Johnson, right? Like we're not talking about, oh, I don't know if that's going to work. We are talking about true old school. In fact, the first second and short I get week one next year, the first second and short I get, we're going to play action to Cook. We're freezing the defense, which knows we're going to run, and I'm taking a deep shot down the field to J.J. That's my platform. Set the tone. Establish the bomb. That's, exactly. That's what it needs to be. But, but my, but Establish my platform, the bomb. My platform, if I'm Clint, is not, you know, Mike, we've got to trust Kirk. Because I have doubts if Mike is going to say, that's a good idea. Yeah. But if I can sell him on the fact that you have this special player who can exploit corners and defenses... I got to think I can sell that. Yep. I agree. That's I agree. Changing. Listen, we're not overhauling. These are tweaks within the system yeah, to there. make it more efficient and maximize it, especially early in the game. When Dalvin Cook is wearing a uniform and he's active, your run has been established. You don't have to pound the rock 10 times in the first half. But what they happens? They know and they're aware. But, but on second and short, what happens if I run true play action to Cook? Everyone's going to freeze. Absolutely. They what? have to. They no one's go, no one's go, going to say, I think we should go cover guys, too. Yep. Second and short is your time to absolutely chunk yards down the field. And you're choosing, and, and, and the success rate on getting a first down is high if you run the ball in seconds. So you're getting first downs. But um, there's more to be had in this discussion going forward. Tomorrow on the show, write that down predictions and an accountability session for our Super Bowl week predictions. And uh, as always, you can hit us up in the YouTube comment sections. Purple Daily Podcast on YouTube. If you're an audio only, thank you guys. Apple, Spotify, ScoreNorth.com, and the ScoreNorth app. A five-star rating and a positive review would be helpful to spread the word about the show. We'll see you guys tomorrow.